Um, I wanted to start this episode off um, with a, a reading. It's it's poetry. Is that okay? Fine. Okay. <laughs> okay, all right. I used to hold my freak back. Now I'm letting go. I make my own choice, bitch. I run this show. So leave the lights on. No, you can't make me behave. You say I'm complicated, that I must be out of my mind. But you had me underrated, rated, rated. Because what's wrong with being? What's wrong with being? What's wrong with being confident? Hi, welcome to QBT. I'm Maddie Germs. <laughs> was that Demi Lovato? Yes, oh my God. I'm Shawnee and I stand, honestly. <laughs> it's, it's a good song. It's fine. <laughs> What's wrong with being? What's wrong with being? What's wrong with being confident? Oh. She's, um, she's reminding us all to vote. She made a song called Vote. Vote, bitch. <laughs> vote, for real. Y'all need to go out there and vote. Yeah, stop. Mm-hmm. Trying to talk slick all up in my ear and shit. <laughs> Hello, hi, welcome to QBT. We are two queer babes talking about mental health, pop culture, and whatever the hell else we want. And today we are talking confidence. And to kick off every week, we do a segment we like to call Sup Slut. Um, Shawnee, my Sup Slut question for you today is actually a challenge. Are you ready? Is it like a TikTok dance challenge? Yeah, that's great for listeners. <laughs> like I'll describe your dance moves while you do them. They're fire. That's all you need to know. <laughs> oh yeah, fire. <laughs> yeah, I, I am a good hype man. I am a good hype man. Um, no, I want you to name three things that you love about yourself. <gasps> good question. Okay. Um, narrowing down, narrowing, narrowing that down to three is going to be difficult. Oh, Oops. so she's confident and do not disturb. And do not disturb. Sorry that you heard my notification. Um, <laughs> three so things busy, I love. So busy. I know, right? Booked and busy. <laughs> three things I love, not even like, just love about myself. Um, I would say my smile. That's a beautiful one. I love my smile. Me too. These braces in high school. Did some wonders. Let's just say that. Um, and then I would say my I love my um self-awareness. Mm-hmm. You know, I think that I'm a very aware person of my shit. Whether I'm doing something about it is a whole nother question, but I'm sure. very aware of myself um in any situation. And then I would say I love my discernment. In picking friends and loved ones and people that I care about. Yeah, I think that that is a theme that comes up a lot on the show for you. And it's true because you are good at it. And I agree with the other things as well. Your smile is like chef's oh. keys. What about you? What do you love about yourself? Um, nothing. Next segment. Okay. So, um, no. <laughs> uh, let's see. Um, I think something that I am finding more gratitude for recently is my direct way of speaking Mm. um it sometimes can plague me because like maybe someone isn't ready to like 
come with me there or go with me like where I am directing us, you know? Yeah. Um, and it can get me in trouble. But I think that I'm finding appreciation for it, um, especially in the Pacific Northwest where no one says what the fuck they mean. And um, <laughs> I feel like a combo of like my laughter and desire to laugh, especially at myself, I think... Mm-hmm. Um, even if something's not funny, I think I bring people in on the joke by laughing, and then they get mad that they laughed at something very stupid. But I'm yeah. like, gotcha. You, know? you do make people laugh. I will say that. I feel like <laughs> no matter how silly it is, I will start laughing if you are in the room. I was gonna <laughs> look say at since- that ugly bitch over there. <laughs> <laughs> um, I was gonna say sense of humor for me, but then I was like. People probably don't even think I'm that funny. Which brings us to a funny question, which is, why would I care about what other people think if Mm -hmm. I love that about myself? We'll get into that later, though. Yes. Yeah. Um, I think one other thing... Um, I'm also learning later in my life to appreciate my artistic side, unskilled Uh. as it is. I think um, I started learning those things, and now I'm starting to believe them more. Even if I'm practicing less, which is a little weird. But um, yeah, that's what I'm thinking. That's what I'm feeling. Thanks for engaging with me on that little activity. Of course. You know I love talking about myself. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let's get into and what about it. Politics, let's not. Music, what do you listen to? Politics out the door. Um, I'm done. <clears throat> well, it's a little less of a question of what I'm listening to and what I'm expecting to listen to this month, which is okay. Ariana Grande's new album. Great. I just, we need to just get that out there because yeah. it's happening. If it's a Christmas album, I hope she keeps it. Oh, I don't need that. If this is like that kind of a tease, I'm going to be pissed, actually. Yeah, I am. I really, I'm going to be very angry if she releases a Christmas like, album. Like, nobody should buy it if it's a Christmas I don't care how good it is. Right. I mean, I already have to pretend to love Dolly's Christmas album, A Holly Dolly Christmas, <laughs> that's coming out can't soon. Do it twice. But I can't do it twice. <laughs> twice in one season. It's just like, uh, it's too much faking it. I can't handle it. <laughs> Can't handle it. I hope it's an actual album out. Well, like, not a greatest hits, not a Christmas album, not a themed holiday seasonal anything. I want There's people to be... writing for her all the time. She can take a pick and release an album whenever she wants. Yeah. Thankfully, she decided to take a break. Um, I think someone responded to me on Twitter and was like, she needed to take a break after crying at every episode, or every episode, every stop on her tour last time. Oh my time. god. There's just every week a different song made her cry. I think but she didn't just she say she had no tears left to cry? That was not for well, that tour. She lied. Um, <laughs> she walking around that giant potty. <laughs> Did you see that stage design? It was a moonlit potty. Looked like a big old toilet. <laughs> oh <my God>. I, <laughs> I, I forgot about that. I'm really excited for it. I mean, I, I, I hope it's to, awesome. I think Adele her? may have a new album coming out this month too. That needs if both of those happen, then the gays will be satisfied. But um, we'll be fucked, right? Uh, did you see her Instagram posts of her typing slowly on a keyboard? The only Rihanna, the only Rihanna. I was gonna say the only <laughs> celebrity that I follow on Instagram is Rihanna. <laughs> okay, good. So, no, I you were gonna say that. Ariana, and I was gonna go, girl. No, 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 no. Um, no, is uh, she's typing on a keyboard? She okay? It is. Oh, then the weekend reposted it so people think they have a song together. Oh, did he? I think he put it in her stories. Oh, his stories. Uh, I don't. They already have. Do they have a song? They do. They They sound like they do, and who knows? I don't know that I need it. But anyways, it's a very. It's literally her typing the word positions. Oh, on her keyboard with one finger, her index finger, her perfectly manicured index finger. Sure. 
and then it's, a lot. she's not doing it in the slow motion she's doing it in normal motion but they use the slow-mo effect Ew. so it starts like a normal like her hands going down like normal and then it suddenly slows down in the slow-mo as she types out positions in this really weird odd like click and it's like what the fuck is That's going extra. on it's super extra and I'm like, just They're like, if you don't out. slow it down, they won't know what it's spells. They won't know that it's called positions. <laughs> I feel like we're gonna end up getting like positions as a single. Sure, duh. Th- what this is Wednesday that you guys are listening? Uh this Friday. It's supposed to come, come out, out the thirtieth. So I bet. Yes, that's what I'm betting. Singles will we come get a out single, and then the in two days, week. and then we'll get that. Which album I love that proficiency. Proficiency. Don't make me wait around yeah. nine months for an album that yeah. you have a lead single to. You're going to get an Ariana Grande album for your birthday. I know. Isn't that exciting? I'm really excited. Ah! I really am. I mean, I got I, a Fenty show good. and you're getting Ariana. Oh, Yo. God. An Ariana <laughs> album. Her name's Rihanna <laughs> anyway. Wishful, we're both right, wrong. Rihanna. Wishful um, thinking for a Rihanna album on your birthday. That, oh. oh. <laughs> now I'm just sad. <laughs> the, the, I'd be crazy if I Kelly Rowland to believe that would ever happen. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, that I song is really good. Spit my ginger ale <laughs> with that's that joke. That mic's too expensive. Don't do that, bitch. <laughs> and here's the funny story. Before we get into Kelly Rowland, oh. this weekend I uh, went out to Mount Hood. I was on a mountain doing a cabin thing, and somebody told a joke, and I was drinking coffee, and I was like, I cannot laugh at this joke. I need to swallow this coffee, but the coffee's hot. So it's like, I can't just You're swallow fucked. it in one go. <laughs> yeah. And long story short, I spit the coffee out everywhere. Good. And then I got my laugh out. And I almost did that with the ginger ale, but it's fine. Um, I'm glad that happened. <laughs> uh, my, like, one of my most embarrassing memories that I still hold in the back of my head, sometimes my brain's like, do you remember that? Um, it was, I was in like, fourth grade maybe third grade and my best friend's mom came to school for lunch and i got to go sit with him and his mom that we like had I, I had a school lunch but wow you know i got to sit with them and then what she, my friend told a joke and i spilled milk out of my nose onto his mom <laughs> like onto his mom like on his mom <laughs> I'm like like this like giggly little big kid. And his mom's just like ah this fucking bag, and I just yeah. spew milk all over her. She was very kind about it, but I still in my mind I'm just like that was the, one of the worst things that I could have ever done. Yeah, those kind of things stick with you. <laughs> yeah, just like this Kelly Rowland song. Um, I listened to it like seven times back to back. Good. It's good. It's she like kind of sounds like Beyonce when she's talking. She does sound a little like Beyonce, which isn't a bad thing. It's not a bad thing at all. And I actually like that it kind of tricks you into thinking like, is this Beyonce? And yeah. then you're like, no, it's not. She's like holding around and she transitions. She's doing that thing that she, yeah. she could have always done, which is like, I can do a lot of different stuff, y'all. I just have only given you this kind of thing. And like, she's pregnant right now, right? I mean, supposedly. Okay. Well, if she is. She was on the cover Congrats. of like Women's Health or something. Oh, yeah. Um, it's a good song. I think everybody should go listen to it. It's like a, um, it's got a little bit of like a grooviness to it. Um, it's very catchy. And it's, I don't know. She's clearly in love with her man. And I feel like... That's good. Good for her. Because I know that she was in some terrible shit earlier in yeah. her life. And she deserves to be happy. And this, I mean, al- this single is really good. And I feel like we're going to get an album from her at some point. Because like, she put out Coffee, which is also a bop. She's put out Crazy, which oh, I consider yeah. to be a bop. And why would you... But also it's Kelly Rowland. And those are know. spaced out. They've been spaced out. Because Coffee came out... When we first started the podcast, I feel like it was like one of the first... Yeah, you're right. So yeah, earlier this year, and then she skipped the summer. 
and now she <laughs> she got pregnant. Yeah, <laughs> but she didn't happened. skip it. She'll give us a Christmas album. Yeah, that period with was not crazy on it. Um, let's talk about. Oh my gosh, y'all! My shout out to my friends Charles and Gary who have both been on the podcast. They, for some reason, they have gotten in the habit of calling me Tanache, and I don't know why. But um, I just wanted to state that because that's uh, some family love. That's some family love. <laughs> I'm not mad at it. Anyways, Tanache has a new video out uh, for her. It's not even her song. It's Kei Trinata's song featuring Tanache from his album Bubba. Mm-hmm. There we go. Bubba. Uh, there's a video for Worse Than Me. I love that song. Um, it's really cute. I don't think I'd really listen to it until today. But I, I listened to like crazy seven times and I listened to this Worse Than Me song like seven times. And oh, good. I, it, they work for me. It's they really, do. The video is really cute. I mean... The story's a little silly. It's like, you know, vampires or something. But LA, I think it, yeah. it, it, like, looks She looks really great. beautiful. I feel she, like her makeup is done really well. Yes, she yes. is... Glitter eyes are, like... They're in. They're in. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's... I like the colors that are in it. Like, there's... It's like those Philip Hue light bulbs. But, like, <laughs> yes. in every scene. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> It's Sponsored moody. by Amazon, yeah. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> um, okay, that's all I have for music. That's fine. I mean, I was going to talk about Miley's Unplugged, but then I have given her a lot of voice and you hate that. So I feel I like we can just move on. I cannot thank you enough. You're honestly. welcome. You've just made my Sunday that much more better. You're welcome. Okay. <laughs> I mean, it's really good though. You should go listen to it. Okay, um, <laughs> what have you been watching? Um, uh, oh, shit. The 40-year-old version not virgin, no. version like V E R S I O N. Yes. Um, if y'all have not heard of this movie, it's on Netflix. Um, it's this uh, 40 year old black woman, or she's 39, she's getting ready to turn 40 in the movie. Um, black woman who uh, was on like a, and this is all fi- somewhat fictional, it's like semi autobiographical. Um, who was on a 30 under 30 list and then just sort of like what happens after that when she's as a playwright sort of on the Broadway scene and then also sort of becoming a 40 year old and what that means in terms of like your body starting to like let you down in some areas like you're not as attractive as um you're not people aren't finding you as attractive as you probably used to be um or as attractive as you find yourself or as you find yourself there we go um and also, I don't know, like, what it means to be educating and mentoring, like, a younger generation that both respects you, but also is sort of clowning you for being older and right. how you sort of deal with that. Which, and being older and then being known, but having to come back to teach. And then... Right. And then, like, the kind of reinvention of herself, both in this fictionalized version with being a 40-year-old rapper, and right. then also the reality of this sort of happened to... What's her name? Like... Rada Blank, is that right? Rada Blank, yeah, that's it. So, like, having some sort of narrative connecting to like her real life as well, but told through this fictionalized comedy yeah. that I think the Netflix trailer portrays it kind of as more of a documentary drama with some laughs. But you were telling me it, it actually more feels of a comedy more of a comedy to me. Yeah, yeah it's shot- <laughs> I'm excited to watch it. It's shot in black and white. It's very reminiscent of like, um, for me, like '90s. 
Spike Lee comes to mind. Um, I feel like there's some other stuff that's been shot in black and white that's like 90s. That just like gives this... Like Clerks or something? Yeah, let's say Clerks. That gives this like grittier sort of... That can put this grittiness to like a film that you don't necessarily capture with with color, which I think it does a good job of pairing that with New York City so you get this classic sort of... This film could exist 20 or 30 years from now and you would still sort of be like, when did this take place mm-hmm. for real for real and it has a really good from my understanding like a really awesome soundscape too yeah so. absolutely um and then it being told from like a black woman's perspective in sort of this creative space of being a playwright and being um trying to get something sold on broadway and just mm-hmm. the inner workings of that it's not something i'm super familiar with other than like that show smash <laughs> remember that show we're never talking about that okay show. <laughs> um but like just what it means to still stand behind your creative project like <clears throat> you know clearly these spaces are owned usually by white people mm-hmm. usually white men you know right. and it's like what does it mean to have somebody literally this happens in the movie it's not a spoiler but what does it mean to have a white man tell you oh like I'd expect this story to be blacker or like this doesn't feel black enough and it's like who are you to tell me what a black experience is like it's not all poverty porn which is something that Rada um has said I think in interviews where it's like Mm -hmm. the purpose of this isn't to sell poverty porn like Just because I'm a playwright and a creative in New York doesn't necessarily mean that, like, I'm struggling to, like, pay bills. Or it also doesn't mean that, like, I'm super rich. Like, I'm chilling. Like, that's not the point of this. Like, the real struggle here is about aging, maturing, and what it means to stand behind a creative project when people sort of have lost respect for you based solely on the fact that, like, you're getting older. Yeah. Um, and then, then what does that mean when you take all of that and transform it into an entire new career or profession, which mm. for her ends up being rapping? Um, and she's pretty decent, I'll say. And then there's like this storyline between her and the producer who's making her beats that's really sweet and like, um, I think realistic. And then she has a gay best friend who's also her agent, I think. And their relationship, I feel like, is also very realistic and, like, what it, it would be like. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? It's not... He's not fulfilling this role of, like, just gay best friend who... He's impactful in her life. He's impactful in her life. He has his feelings as well. Like, her decisions impact him and vice versa. This isn't, like, a one-sided thing where, like, he's just there and supportive the entire time. So... I don't know. I can't recommend it enough. I think it's a really good movie. I love that. I like, I told you, I saw the trailer and I was like, I'm going to watch that. I just need to figure out when. And then you've sort of just sold me on maybe that's tonight. Um, But honestly, I think you're giving an example of when Netflix can get it right. Mm -hmm. And Netflix is often under criticism for doing that poverty porn kind of thing or only casting light-skinned black girls. Right. Especially if they're the lead. Um, but I think this new show, Grand Army, which is about like a high school in Brooklyn that undergoes like within first episode, this terrorist attack, and then the kind of like life of all the kids after that. Um, it's sort of like 13 Reasons Why it Meets New Euphoria. I think it's like Netflix thinking that it's doing Euphoria, but it's way mm. more like 13 Reasons Why because it's fucking Netflix. But after I watched a couple episodes, I was like, I don't know how I feel about this. I am like sort of interested just because like I like teens being dumb sometimes but um, evidently this showrunner sort of built this 
one character in this play called Slut that, I mean, speaking of Broadway, like did mm. really well. And um, then uh, sort of decided to sell the show to Netflix that built out all the other characters of this high school. And it's sort of her trying to engage with that. But this writer's room was under turmoil evidently this whole time. And this show is like prides itself in being multiracial. Like there's like a main character who's a Chinese girl who was born to like Japanese or I mean, Jewish, sorry, um, parents and was adopted. And then there's like a white girl and there's like a black family and a black girl. And part of the writing shuffle and struggle with her was that the black writer on the show was like, I do not want to sell my story to be poverty porn. Mm -hmm. This main beautiful black girl that we can explore so many things about this person. And we're choosing to write a specific type of story for her that and some other HR stuff caused th- three writers of color on the show to quit. I just, okay, I'm going to read um, this tweet from Ming. Yeah. Pfeiffer. I think At it's Ming P Dynasty on Twitter. Yeah. Me and, th- <clears throat> me and the three writers of color who worked on the show quit due to racist exploitation and abuse. The showrunner, the showrunner and creator went full Karen and called Netflix HR on the black writer in the room for getting a haircut. Yes, you read that correctly. Who wants to interview us? Yep. Ooh. And so this has been like, evidently this was recorded and done like two years ago. And then as the show finally kind of got rolled out, that's when Ming started speaking. Like, y'all don't remember when we told you that this writing room, writer's room was fucked. And so it's this white woman telling all of these stories, that of these like diverse stories and like sort of being this culture vulture of like, I don't know. It just, she's very out of her lane and it's weird because like there's aspects of the show that I find enjoyable to watch in quotes or whatever. And it just is, it sucks that these people offered a lot and essentially gave her the stories and started, laid the foundation for these stories. And then they just got fired or left. And then she gets to have this grand army show, which it's just like, I don't know. It just... Netflix sucks sometimes. They're just, like, so fucking annoying. Nobody's gonna watch it. It's fine. Um, <laughs> so Netflix... Or not Netflix. Disney Plus now has, like, disclaimers for its racist stuff from its past. Yeah. This is... I don't... I feel like this is just once again. It's... I appreciate it, I guess. Well, because they took Song of the South down at first. So All together, a, yeah. Yeah. And then I don't know that it's back. Is it back? I, I feel like... I know Dumbo is one they're putting it in front of. Okay. Because they're not going to take Dumbo down. It's like a Disney classic. So like Peter Pan, they won't do that too. Yeah, exactly. So I don't know. Like, sure. Great. Awesome. Thanks. A little late. It's a little late. Like, I don't know why it took. (laughs) And it's one of those things where you know this was one of those, like, we're having multiple meetings with all these people and, like. Well, evidently, they also put up a documentary about their process of how they got to, to be, like, transparent and, like, who they hire. Like, it's, it's. A lot. It's a lot. It's like, you know, you could have just launched a service and done this, and there you go. <laughs> like, why did it take... I feel like, what what month are we in? October? You could just be a company that is not awful. This could have happened 10 months. This could have happened yeah. a year ago. Yeah. Honestly. So, like, I'm not clapping my hands about this. I feel like, sure, thanks for doing that. And I feel like what's going to happen next is, like, HBO and all these other streamers are randomly going to start popping, like, unskippable disclaimers they'll like put in the back the aqua teen hunger force or boondock show and like yeah but the disclaimer is like this is made by black people calm the fuck down and it's like i and then it kills me because it's one of those things where i'm like none of you are in a rush to do this 
And then one of you does it and it's suddenly like, oh, okay, let's do that. Well, because the (laughs) capitalism has made being culturally competent the, that is now something to sell. You know what I mean? I'm not clapping my hands for no, it. No, right. Ever. <laughs> I will never pat you on the back. I hope this Michael G. Jordan static shock movie, though, is going to be good. <gasps> I just read this this morning, and I was ex- extremely It sounds excited. like good news. Um, there are people I know who don't know what static shock is, which is shocking to me. But um, <laughs> I only know it from that WB show. Yeah, what? Well, that's... What do you mean? Oh, I... I think I assumed that it was a comic first. Is it not? Is it just? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a comic first. I know nothing about the comic. That okay. I, I know. Nothing yeah, that about WB that. show. But I remember he like. Yeah, the WB Kids show. Um, I think it came on on like Saturday mornings or something like that. Yeah. Um, yeah, black superhero who had that cartoon block was really problems. awesome. I remember. Yeah, Sorry. I feel like um, what else was on? I don't know. Maybe the Batman. Batman Beyond. Ooh. Oh, I think no, there was a Cartoon Batman Network. Beyond Static Shock crossover episode once. That'd be cool. That makes sense. That'd be cool. Batman Beyond was awesome to me. It was pretty cool. Like the, because it was like futuristic and it was like weird the coolest thing that I'd ever seen when I was a kid. Yeah, it was, the illustrations were done really well. Um, also, I think that Michael B. Jordan might be like a nerd, which is hot. Oh, sure. You know? I mean, he's very pretty. He's very, he, <laughs> He is. He's very pretty. <laughs> Nobody's going to argue with you yeah. about that. I just think it's funny because he obviously was in Black Panther and then yeah. produced and starred in that. Uh, what was that show called on Netflix about the superhero kid? The little uh-huh. black kid? That one. Not. <laughs> I want to say Losing Isaiah, and that's terrible because that is not the show. Raising completely Isaac or something. Close. Know. It's like, yeah, it's like Raising. It may be Raising Isaiah after we. Raising Arizona starring Nicolas Cage. <laughs> Michael B. Jordan. <laughs> <laughs> he had that, and now he's producing. Static that sounds Shock. like a National Treasure Four or something. <laughs> <laughs> Where is National Treasure Four? We need it. Do we? What's there a third one? We need three and four. Okay, what's gonna happen? Um, I'm down. Do you want to? Do you want to talk about Dolly Parton? I mean, okay. So I think this aired on TV, but because I don't like watch abc or whatever i never saw it but there's this dolly documentary that netflix just put on it's called here i am and it is like my favorite thing about it is that people who know anything about her don't learn anything new by this documentary (laughs) like it just is kind of like an homage to herself or like kind of like her telling her story in her own way it's very i mean it's honestly very beyonce in that way when she like releases a documentary and there's like a different though i think is that um beyonce often will like craft a narrative and release like little nuggets so you think that you're getting secrets you know but I, I think Dolly does the same thing but it's just when it's all laid out together it doesn't necessarily feel like um she's revealing something because it's kind of just all the stories she's told over her career strung yeah. together um but it's mostly just like other people just talking about how great Dolly is and her just being like a person and I feel like if you I mean I I feel like most people are like I don't hate this person but I feel like if you don't really know why she is liked it's a really great like hour and a half just like oh I get it (laughs) like it's very um, it's an informative of the world that she crafted for herself Yeah, and I think that if you only know Dolly like early 2000s onward is kind of like this joke about titties and like country music icon but you don't know anything else I think it lays a really good foundation to kind of be like, oh, she's kind of badass. Yeah. Who's 
in it? Who's like interviewed? And do you have a favorite? Well, Jane Fonda and Lily Tomlin are in it because okay. they're like talking about nine to five. There's other, there's a lot of other musicians in there too. Um, but my brain is not. I think like Lady Antebellum talks for one moment, and oh. I was just like, boom. <laughs> um, but uh, that is a very short moment. It's about, it's basically just like being like, okay, Dolly is this country music icon, whatever. But what she really is is a songwriter, and it kind of just like takes you through all these songs that she's written, and especially to people who don't know country music or don't understand this evolution that country music and folk music and pop music had. It explains like people in her band who have played with her forever, like explain what musically is going on in these songs and Mm. why they're so intelligent. But because we receive them as millennials, as like, here's the greatest hits. We don't have this understanding of how this thing was kind of built. Um, And it was cool. Do you have a favorite? uh... I can't believe I've never asked you this before. Do you have a favorite Dolly Parton song? I think it changes. And I'm very much not like a deep cuts person. Like I listen to whole albums, but really... I don't go back to these songs a lot. I feel like um, Wildflowers is one of my favorite ones. And um, I Will Always Love You obviously like gets me sometimes. I feel like, I mean, my dog's name is Jolene. I really enjoy that. Um, but I feel like the documentary also like plays songs and you're like, oh my God, I love that song. And you're like, oh my no. God, I love that song too. <laughs> it's cute. Um, okay, I've talked about it too long though. <laughs> um, <laughs> Lovecraft finale is tonight. I'm not um, watching it tonight. I'm okay, not doing it. but I think by next episode, maybe we'll have to have watched it because I want to talk about about it. the finale. Can we talk about everything but the finale? No. Well, we haven't talked about Lovecraft at all. I feel like we did in the beginning, and then we've let some stuff sit. And I just want to like, I want to come back and be like, it's over. How do we? Fine, I'll watch it this week. I mean, not you don't. You Can know, I you pitch an idea to you real quick before we go to break? Okay. Uh, I was thinking. Well, me and a friend were thinking. And we should do a one-off episode of us just in a grocery store. In a grocery store? Yeah. We're just like talking about things that we see. Okay. We'll talk about it over the break. Okay. <laughs> we'll be back, listeners. Bye. <laughs> Um, we're back to talk about something that you sang at the beginning of the of the episode. Uh, confidence. Yeah. It feels like it's time just because I don't know. It's one of those things that, again, we always we have these subjects, we have these topics we talk about and we sort of lightly touch on certain things. Um, and I feel like something that's been coming to me the last few days after listening back to us and just sort of thinking about the direction we're moving in um, has been confidence and has been sort of this idea of what is uh, like ha- having high self-esteem for yourself. Like, mm-hmm. what does that mean? What does that look like? Um, and what does it allow? How does it allow you to operate in this world? Mm-hmm. So um, especially being queer, I feel like confidence is something that when you're queer you either get labeled as having a lot of Mm -hmm. and sometimes that sometimes is misquoted as like sass or attitude Mm -hmm. or whatever or it's misattributed because all they mean is like you're so brave for being a faggot in public yeah (laughs) it's like actually it's really hard (laughs) (laughs) yeah um 
or is looked at as like if you're queer you i i myself and i feel like i have other people that i know who have not always grown up thinking very highly of themselves or having right. a lot of confidence in situations right um or who have gotten the confidence they have now not necessarily from a place of let me reel that back in actually i don't even want to go down that road nope we're gonna start right where we were at i want to know from you maddie okay what have you always been a confident person no (laughs) um i feel like um something that actually when i was doing some you know research around this topic when we brought it up i was thinking about the tragedy of like hyper confident joy-filled kids Mm -hmm. and then like puberty and socialization really comes in and that is tears you down. it tears you down yeah and then for me i think i a lot of like my work around confidence and self-worth and all that stuff came from like remembering that i used to have much more access to joy as a child and a lot of that had to do with caring less about other people or living more in my body i think we've talked about that a little bit mm-hmm. um so no and i think that i have worked really hard <laughs> and to try and like build aspects of that back up. And I think on the journey to queerness, a lot of times, sometimes, you know, people really overcompensate their confidence and it borders on arrogance because it's like, it's, Mm. and I think of those things differently as like arrogance is sort of this ignorant way of reacting with your surroundings as a defense mechanism. It's like, I cannot feel bad about myself or I will fully crumble. Yeah. So I'm going to act like I am the absolute shit and nothing can tell me any that different. That was literally the path I was about to go down. And then I was like, no, let me reel it back in. Well, was that's what that I think about, arrogance though. arrogance sometimes that is attributed to being gay, like gay yeah. men, is sometimes more, to your point, a defense mechanism, like a survival skill. Yes. Because it's like, I can't let this get to me right now. Right. Not in this setting. I can't break down crying. So I have to meet it with like, I have to like, over meet it with like yeah. whatever just yeah. to get through yeah and i think yes and i think uh sometimes gaining confidence some of that work is dipping into that territory and yeah. really like maybe coming off a little extra a little like okay they're really working that you yeah. know um and very then, much so like i'm above all of this right i'm immune like... to everything <laughs> when obviously that's not true everyone knows that's not yeah. true. yeah yeah which is why i think you know a large part of confidence is related to vulnerability. It's like confidence in the ability to offer truth that's a little squishy. Mm-hmm. And it's faith in both yourself and other people to honor that. You know, like it speaks to your choice of friendships, like you were naming earlier as like a positive. It, it Like having vulnerability with people is a, both a trust in yourself and your decision making, but also a trust in other people to receive that. I think um, also being vulnerable publicly is like, oh... Here is one thing that might be uh, to the extremes used against me or like uh, judged heavily. Mm-hmm. But I know that by offering it, I'm just giving a more whole picture of myself because everybody has their fucking shit. Yeah. You know, like uh, me displaying a piece to you that is not perfect does not negate the other things that I do well. You know yeah. what I mean? And that's the scary part of vulnerability, especially when you're more arrogant <laughs> because you can't let anyone know you have any flaws. Yeah. And I think that 
you're touching on, I, I love that you were this idea of trust. And then there's this knowing, mm-hmm. this knowing of yourself where I trust me. I trust my decisions. I trust what I'm doing in this situation. I trust that I have flaws. I trust, I yep. know that like, I'm not perfect at this or I'm not great at it, but that doesn't mean that I'm not going to give it my best shot. And also there's this trust that like, we were talking about this, you know, during the break, but there's this trust that like, you know, everything's going to be fine. Like yeah. everything's going to be okay. Like a lot of confidence, I think for me comes from, it is not the end of the world if like I mess this up or if I drop the ball here or there, right? Or if one of my flaws flares up during this moment. It's not the end of the world. Like the world's gonna continue spinning. I'm still gonna be alive. I'm still gonna like be doing my thing. So like, why not just do it the way that I wanna do it? And I think that there is, to that point of trusting in yourself, it's also, this is where the the high self-esteem comes in. It's also Mm -hmm. like feeling good about what you have to, present or bring to the world yes you know like there's a difference between in spite of and in defiance of the ways that the world tells us we should not be exactly you know yeah i I think a large part of what people talk about when they're talking about queer magic is or black girl magic or these other things i think we talked about this a little bit um with charles is around this idea of like i am going to let you know that who i am is amazing Mm -hmm. (laughs) despite everything that everyone is trying to tell us or even you in this moment right now you know like i think that that defiance is kind of it feels magical i think to a lot of like you know cis hetero people sometimes because it's like how do they do that sometimes you know and then that's where that weird projection comes of like you're so brave like but it's like it, it it is a harnessing of an energy that is meant to be negative and then taking that twisting it around inside you and spitting it back out in a more positive way. Which I hear as like a challenge. Yeah. You know, it's like stepping up to challenge after challenge after challenge. It's not, it's not backing down in the face of a challenge. And that's the way that I sort of look at it when I am feeling anxious or am feeling sort of like not the best about a situation. It's more about reframing that as, Okay, this is a cha- this is a challenge for me because I now have to find my own self-worth. I have to find that thing deep down inside me that I can hold on to through this situation and push that to the forefront. Right. And whether that's a sense of humor, whether that's the smile, whether that's I don't know, like that discernment of friends, like I know that I discerned this group so I can be myself in front of, in front of them like it's about leaning in those things about yourself that you love and you appreciate and know about yourself that um, are going to get you through. And I right. think it's about selecting those parts of yourself that you do bring forward in vulnerable situations or in situations that make you uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Or again, these, as I read it, challenges, like how are you meeting those challenges with what you already possess and right. have? And I think what I'm hearing from that too is not that when you are a confident person, you're going to take everything head on i mean i feel like both with ourselves and then i'm sure based on what listeners tell us about themselves like not every day are we going to feel the most confident and not tackling something that is in front of us that doesn't make us 
like a not confident person. Maybe we're yeah. engaging with new information that is teaching us something that we would normally approach, but we can't or won't today. Yeah. But I think what I hear from that is that when we experience a challenge, we are having this trust within ourselves that we've gotten through things before. Mm-hmm. That like when we encounter it, we have made choices, we have made opportunities out of bad shit. Like it's it's having faith that that is something that we can do. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think I want to name that that's like not easy. <laughs> you no, know, it doesn't happen overnight. Not at all. And it's also this thing that you have to keep doing over and over again, right? Like yes, you don't you don't approach or accomplish or overcome one challenge or obstacle in your life and then suddenly you're just a confident you're a quote-unquote a confident person Mm -hmm. it's like no the confidence comes from it's almost like this this slow burning thing that one day it just sort of clicks Mm -hmm. like it's not like an it's not like an overnight thing like okay i killed it at that job interview now i'm suddenly just like a confident person Mm -hmm. it's the doing something being met with the same challenge over and over and over again and still know like all right like i know i got this i know i got this i know i got this so now when the situation changes slightly or it's a different group of people do i still feel like i got this and it's like yeah i know i do because i've already dealt with this 10 times for instance i look at it like this very simple like example for me i have moved around a lot like in my life right like there has been a point and probably still is a point where I, I moved like every three or four years. Yeah. And when I was younger, <laughs> it was this thing where I was not super confident in making friends. It was like, nobody wants to be my friend or like, this is awkward for me. I don't know how to go about this. So now I'm just being, now I'm shy. Now I'm not putting myself out there. I'm not stepping up to the challenge. I'm backing away from it. Right. But the fact that it has happened so often now, it's almost like, I believe in my ability to make friends yes. because I've had to do it so many times that yes. even if I'm moving to, even if I was moving to like Japan, like I don't know Japanese. I don't know that much about Japanese culture, but like I'm confident in my ability that I would still make friends there just based off of the life and experience that I have. Which is not to say that like you have something that's so amazing to offer the Japanese culture. Exactly. It's trust in the idea that people can be trusted and that people could have the capacity to like you. <laughs> you exactly. Know? Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. I you said that perfectly. Like none of that is I'm an amazing person. Everybody wants to be my friend. No. It's just again that trust in this has happened before for me. It will probably happen again. My life has shown me that if I show up authentically in a space, someone might respond to it. Exactly. Um, that makes a lot of sense to me. I think um, one thing that this made me think about is how confidence or low self-esteem can be tied into social anxiety. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you're speaking about this as a success because you, um, even if you still... Re- have social anxiety in these different ways you at least have evidence that shows you what we just talked about yeah i think that um i've been flooded i have flooded myself a lot to get rid of that anxiety right and i think okay so i'm saying that if you're someone with social anxiety i know i am mm-hmm. one way that i kind of forced myself to get over it was like kind of doing my own exposure therapy by yeah. like diving into nightlife and clubs and like being around so many people and a lot of times i failed and i i think i should have stayed home 
Like mm-hmm. when my anxiety was so high that I became not fun to be around. And it was just like, oh man. But then what I learned was that even if I do that, the people that care about me are still going to care about me. And most of the time when you're out in a crowded place, other people don't give a fuck about you. <laughs> and not in a negative way. It's like, I think that sometimes we can be so in our heads about the perception of people judging us often from low self-esteem because we have negative self-talk in our heads we are so mean to ourselves we assume every other person around us is talking mad shit too which like most likely is not true and even if it is so fucking what (laughs) like you know like you have the ability to um know what you have to offer and if someone isn't picking up what you're putting down it's okay but like just as much as you've had evidence around when you move you can make friends you can also go into these spaces and i don't know do something sort of embarrassing like uh dropping keys like loudly and maybe not at the club but like some like a a grocery store or something like earlier when you said let's have a podcast about going to the grocery store my anxiety like shot up to my eyeballs (laughs) and i was like never happened like and and then i was like well how are we going to record with masks on and then like my brain just like went to all these spaces around like the awkwardness of that instead of feeling confident about our ability to sell that you know what i mean like and i think um you're just giving me an example of the fact that our brain responds to evidence. Our brain responds to um, new data that contracts or contradicts, sorry, um, what are sometimes initial responses, which are socialized internal cues about talking shit about ourselves because we learned we were shit or something, you know? And I think that when we offer our new brain evidence, one of those ways can be things like affirmations it can be things like every day write down two things that you like about yourself and then also every day read the days before that so like one day it's just you write two things and then the next day you write two things and now you have four things to read and they can also be those same things but what you're doing is you're offering counter evidence to your brain which is this is a little bit of like dumbed down cbt but cbt really works for self-esteem stuff because you learn that your thoughts are thoughts And you can engage with cognitive diffusion and be like, my brain is telling me this. I am not a loser. My brain's telling me a loser because I'm feeling anxiety. I'm watching myself experience anxiety. And I notice that my brain is telling me, is that helpful to me right now? Yeah. Because I do think even at the beginning when you're talking about self-awareness, having self-awareness is good. You shouldn't like live a life completely like... Uh, if you deeply hurt someone, your brain shouldn't be like, you hurt that person. You're like, no, that's a lie, brain. <laughs> it's like, but what you can do is be like, what is that information trying to tell me? Yeah. You know? Or you can do what I do, which is when I get in my head like that, I literally out loud say, and it's been helpful for me. It's not helpful for everybody. I literally go, shut up, Sean. <laughs> like, I literally yes. tell myself to shut up because, like, I feel myself getting carried away with these with like negative affirmations like i don't got this or like oh my god what are they gonna think if you do this or like oh my goodness like what happens if you do drop your keys in the middle of like the store and everybody's staring at you and it's more like okay you're getting carried away honey like shut up how about you just go do it and see and test and learn and see and hey you're gonna come back with information either way you're gonna come back with information that is either going to um prove or disprove like your own internal belief system yep and like i'm not gonna sit here and say that like if you were a socially awkward person that you won't be socially awkward no that's not what i'm more saying about 
you'll begin to learn the situations where you're probably like really awkward and know what to do. And the ones where you're like, oh, actually, I had that. I was okay. You or know? where it, where is my socialization being mean to me versus it telling me about a dangerous situation I'm in? Yeah. Because like you don't want to lose social awareness then you're right you know fucking donald trump or something you know like that person yeah. doesn't give a fuck about anything that's yeah. around him that is eric like that is personification of that like is you know what i mean and there's like and you can tell it's a projection you know what i mean and that, that's the thing like and the further you the further you get away from questioning those things the further you get away from yourself and just yeah. being with yourself yep that's when you get into this area of arrogance and um just like pompous bullshit versus like confidence because mm-hmm. the other thing about confidence is it isn't always this boisterous thing it sometimes is as simple as being the quiet one and just doing versus needing to say anything being confident enough to shut the fuck up to shut the fuck up <laughs> and just like do the thing that needs to be done and yeah. then be and be out like i have always been impressed by people that like show up get the job done and then they're just out because they know they've got it and they don't need to hype themselves up. They don't need to tell you that they've got it. They don't need to like surround themselves again with all this pomp and Mm -hmm. just, I don't know, extraness. Yeah. I mean, I can tell when I'm being socially anxious, which is deeply connected to me not viewing myself as lovable. Like those, I relate those two things in my mind when I'm like being full clown, when I have like just been like joke, 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 laugh, laugh, laugh for like the 15 minutes that I was somewhere. And I, Sometimes I'll notice that and be like, shut up. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, like you hold value if you don't yeah. make people like you. You could just sit down and who cares? You know what I mean? And that's that's this quiet confidence. That's saying, I have something to offer by being here. I was invited here. Whatever have yeah. you, you know? I'm here, like, we'll connect if we're going to connect. And it's right. simple. Like, I don't... Which gets us into, which is a whole nother episode of just, like, people pleasing as well. Right. Like, I think right. that... For me, confidence and people pleasing have gone hand in hand. Like right. I have found myself the more confident that I've become as a person in most situations, the less people pleasing I am. The right. less I'm worried about other people's stuff and like me trying to appease it. Right. Because I think that there's, you know, we focused a lot on social anxiety, but I think that uh, with confidence, people, you were touching on this earlier. We can have different aspects of our lives where we are confident. Mm-hmm. I can be confident in my ability to play the guitar. I can be confident in my work stuff <laughs> i don't yeah. even know what work is <laughs> uh, i can be confident in my brain and my intellect but these other aspects of my life no 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 don't don't approach me there those are my soft spots yeah. like don't see those things mm-hmm. and i think that um it becomes hard when we know we might be good at something and then we equate our confidence to that thing versus thinking I am good even if I'm not the best at that thing. I am good, in fact, because I might not be the best at these other things. You know what I mean? Like, those things what make us human. And I think, um, you know, if we're breaking down, like, Latin roots, so, like, confident, con, with, fident, fidelity with like within truth like with mm. it's like living with truth living with fidelity you become a language professor i in i never did but um <laughs> i had two years where a science professor made us learn latin roots like oh. so i like have some of those in my head but also i googled it and then another thing was like um there is this idea that like you're living with the whole parts of yourself and i think when we have an area of our life that we're really confident in, but that doesn't like seep into the rest, it takes literal work to train our brain and uh, have 
new feelings about ourselves. Mm -hmm. You know, I think um, one way that I think a lot of queer gay people especially is like around their bodies. Mm -hmm. So they work out every single day. They change who they are. They watch them rise to the challenge. They watch their body change and their brain's like, oh, cool. You are good at something. You are capable of taking yourself here. The problem is if that's the only place that they get their value, if if their body changes or something happens, then they're fucked. <laughs> you know? Right. Or they look like fucking Hercules and they still post stupid fucking Instagram pictures about like, hey, pizza, I'm so fit. It's like... Yeah. That is not confidence, you know, that is like succeeding in one area and then expanding that to your whole personality. <laughs> when like, yeah, you might be a better personality if there was more to you. Which can happen. I mean, that I feel like if people have people in their lives that there's somebody that literally can only talk about one thing and it's like the one thing that they're good at. It's just like that's somebody who has maybe found confidence in that literal one area yep. and nowhere else. And yeah. like, I don't know. I feel like I've been there with some friends where I'm just like, oh my God, if you talk about playing the guitar one more fucking yeah. time, like, but I it can it, be, you know how to play the guitar. Yes. <laughs> the notes are so good. Yeah. Like, um, I, I think though it can be as like a therapist, a good place to start with someone like saying like, what are you really good at? Like, tell me about that. And then it's like, did you know, like we can work together to, have you feel that way about the rest of your life mm -hmm. you know like and then that is where some of that work can happen i think um there was another study that i was reading around like queer and bi women and the circles that they create that generate body positivity which leads to higher self-esteem so it's not that these bodies were like all committed to exercise or anything like that it was just that they had worked to develop a loving community where like all different bodies were praised and people were accepted for who they are in these other ways. And why am I naming this? Um, one, it was a cool study. I'll post it so you can read it. And the other thing was that it's showing that confidence, we talked a lot about the internal self-responsibility of confidence. I think another part of confidence is sharing the confidence. It's like, it's making it a community project versus these individual projects. Like if we allow people to be their full selves in front of us we are helping foster confidence in those we care about mm. or also offering compliments to people how fucking good do you feel when someone offers you a compliment like especially when it's out of the blue and not something like i did something i'm waiting for a response from it like out of nowhere you just tell your friend like you're really good at x yeah. or i really love the way that you x like that is Maddie, I really love the way that you know Latin words. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I um, love the way that you smile. And I also love the way, especially, we've talked about it a little bit, but I just like, I really want to affirm it because it's so beautiful to watch and has been the way that you have like opened up more this year and like gotten through a hard year. Like, I think that it's really... It's one of my favorite things about you, you know? Like, Stop it. <laughs> I'm, you're not going to make me cry on this podcast. Okay, so what can people do? What are some <laughs> things that we can think about? Um, if I'm listening at home, I'm recognizing, okay, I want some of these skills. I want some of these things. What are some things that people can do? Maybe avoid the, like, 
going to therapy. I think we both agree that that's a great way to build confidence because yeah, there's someone matters. literally being like, you fucking matter. That's my job to let you know that you yeah. matter, you know? Yeah. Um, and then what else? What, what else can we do? I think that... Um Hell, do you want to just do the homework now? Um, we we can I- include it, I think. Um, well, this will be part of your homework, but I mean, kind of what we did at the top of the show. Like, what do you like about yourself? What are you good yeah. at? Like, we are all good at something. Mm-hmm. Like, it's not always um, like a special talent. It's not always like playing the violin or being great at soccer mm-hmm. or like a sport, but like, we're all good at something. Mm-hmm. Like... Maybe you make people laugh. Maybe you're the grounded friend who like brings people down a little bit. Like maybe, yeah. maybe there is value in like you being super optimistic and always the happy person that's around. You know, like yeah. there are there are things, there are values, there are behaviors that you hold that people find interesting, and that even if they didn't, are still innately yeah. interesting about you. They can be these deeply private things. You can be confident and love something about yourself that no one else ever sees or cares about it's just something that you hold i mean especially if you're a scorpio and you want your own little secret like tell (laughs) tell yourself things that you love about you that no one really knows you know i think that um that's a great thing i think that you're speaking to this idea of like again offering your brain new evidence like to combat the negative self-talk that we have because that is not going to change overnight and you don't need to beat yourself up over the fact that like i think sean and i can both attest to while we have done some of this work and i definitely feel more confident than i did at 22 or whatever i still absolutely have days where i have to tell myself to shut up because like you know but that that is engaging in a form of cognitive diffusion by allowing yourself to kind of like talk down to a fictional version of yourself that's mean Mm -hmm. you know that's like an externalization of the thought to like interrupt it to not let it seep into your body because like a lack of confidence lives in your body it holds tension it it hunches you over i mean you think about people's posture are you hiding yourself or are you showing the world yeah. yourself you know roll your shoulders back bitch if you're oh listening God, to this power pose do that power shit. poses these things though I think another tip that I was thinking about is fake it till you fucking make it. Oh, like, yo, <laughs> just was, pretend you're confident. Go, I was sit in a car and be like, you know what? I'm going to walk into the store like I don't have social anxiety or like I am the most confident in the world and yeah. see what your body does. Yeah. I, I was literally just thinking about that this morning because at some point I real I realized that at some point in life, I got really comfortable with public speaking. I don't know when it happened. It just happened. And I don't necessarily enjoy public speaking. Like I, but I thought about it and I was like, I guess I'm not faking it anymore. Like Mm -hmm. I think that like I am comfortable with public speaking after having to just like, A, not have a choice, like do it sometimes whether I want it to or not. And like having stage fright, but having to tell myself like, you got this, you got this, you got this. Even though, I don't (laughs) like not by any means and now whether or not like I'm doing public speaking and sound a mess or sound you know great and coherent um doesn't matter because it doesn't cause me as much anxiety because I've sort of realized like oh like this is something that I can do like I know that I can do it or if you bomb you have all the other times that you did amazing that who cares if you bombed (laughs) like yeah. And I don't know, that's that just, I don't know, that just set me off because I was just thinking that this morning. Like, faking it till you make it, at some point, you'll realize you're just doing the thing. Yeah. Uh, or you can trick yourself into having a new skill. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, discovering things about yourself that you didn't know you 
had within you, you know? Yeah. I, I would also say, like, um, kind of in hand-in-hand hand with meditation, which is another thing we're, we're fans of over here. But understanding when you have the initial inclination to back away from something. Yes. And, like, what is that about? Trusting your discernment. And tr- trusting that discernment. Yeah. And not just falling back into this place of being comfortable. I think there's... Um, a quote in here that I wanna that I wanna read. Okay. In the short term, avoiding challenging and difficult situations might make you feel safe. In the longer term, this can backfire because it reinforces your underlying doubts and fears. It teaches you the unhelpful rule that the only way to cope is by avoiding things. Yes. And I think that there period at the end of the day, you are not gonna build confidence in any region of your life if you are constantly avoiding things. Mm-hmm. Um and avoid avoidance is anxiety's best friend yeah yeah so i mean it might feel safe it might feel super comfortable to keep doing things the way that you're doing them but you're never gonna grow you're never gonna mature i mean this is all very cliche at this point but like you're not gonna grow you're not gonna mature you're not going to build confidence you're not gonna build that self-esteem you're looking for by continuing to just only put yourself in comfortable situations right and another way to engage in that Ooh, this reminded me okay so um, say no to shit. Like thinking about yeah. when we were talking about boundaries and I think that the boundaries conversation became a confidence conversation because you have to hold some sort of confidence to hold your boundaries. You have to say, I am worthy of holding boundaries because I am worthy of being confident and like ha- being listened to and uh, having identity formation, discovering what I don't like and do like. You get the- like instant, just like confidence boost right. when you say no to somebody. And, and like, and don't say no it. to like be hurtful. But like, no. if you don't want to do something and the ramifications of not doing so are, you know, net positive in your direction or whatever, say no. Say no. Say no. And then say no all week to stuff you don't yeah. want to do and watch what happens. And are people actually going to like. Oh, yeah, she's a year of yes. yes or whatever. We're doing a year of no over here, okay? She should have maybe Say said no, no to, to like a 92nd season of all her shows. You know, like she could have maybe said no one time. <laughs> Where's our Shonda Rhimes Netflix show? Oh, my God. Oh, yeah, I don't know where they are. I thought she had a whole deal. She had a whole deal. Like, Ryan, I've seen maybe 20 we just aren't Ryan watching Murphy them. shows. I'm tired of Ryan uh, Murphy shows, but I can't get a Shonda Rhimes show. I haven't even begun to watch Ratchet. Um, I think something I just kind of want to end on maybe is just knowing that confidence is born from this combination of experience. So that's the data we're talking about. Acceptance of that experience, like coming to terms with what you have evidence of. And then this willingness to learn. Because like, I also believe, and you've been talking about this, like confidence comes with adapting to your challenges. Mm -hmm. And so being confident does not mean I am never going to be anyone else. It's saying that, no matter what comes my way, I will adapt and become a solid person within this new journey, you know? Okay, can I go ahead and just, like, say a sneak peek of what I think a future episode is going to be, or next week's? Okay. That we have not planned at all, okay. listeners. <laughs> um, resiliency and adaptability. Okay. That feels like a nice piggyback off of this. You heard it here, folks. Folks, I don't. I I've tried to say that phrase on this podcast like <laughs> nine times, and I failed every time. But I'm still confident. You're gonna get it one of these What's days. What's wrong I with being? What's wrong with being? <laughs> We're almost ready to come back again. 
okay, let's take some meds, do some homework, and then get out of here, shall we? That sounds amazing. All right. Do you want to go first with the meds, or you want me to? Um, I can. Yeah. So, um, honestly, at the moment, I'm feeling the consequences of my meds. <laughs> I am, like, very sore right now. I'm ha- doing a lot of work um, trying to stretch myself out. But... Um, I saw the chiropractor a couple times this week and that was such a gift to myself, but my meds were that I, um, went on this hike and I went, it was like eight miles. I like just went by myself and I, for the first like 30 or 40 minutes, I told myself not to like pull up my phone and just kind of like be there by myself and let myself hear stuff and see people and not feel awkward about passing people. Like it was a practice in my anxiety, but it was also just me telling myself that if I want to go on an eight mile hike, I don't need anyone to go do that with me. I can just go do it. And I did. And I also was able to catch up on a lot of podcasts and I was focusing specifically on like poetry and things. But, um, I think actually Spencer sent this in a group chat, but I finally got around to listening to it. There's an on being episode with Jericho Brown Mm -hmm. where it just, I mean, one Krista Tippett is annoying as fuck in that episode, but, um, (laughs) Jericho Brown is, really amazing in it and there's a section in it especially after hearing our episode last week around boundaries and some comments i made around my parents my relationship with my parents he reads this poem and this reading around like um to love him is to love him politically and it was like an affirmation that i needed and you know he's a gay black man living with hiv and is like writing some poems about that and he just offers a really beautiful kind of like talk with Krista Tippett who's annoying as fuck but (laughs) when I'm on the mountain and just like going through and all these internal dialogues um it felt really good to do so and I felt really worked out and it was a nice day and I got to eat like granola by myself on like the top of a mountain it was really cool what are your meds well (laughs) None of those things. No, I'm joking. Um, actually, I was going to say one thing, but I think I'm going to say something else. Okay, I just watched you delete it. I was like, I think that that was fine. <laughs> well, I was, okay. The first thing I was going to say was... Celebrate yourself. It's I okay. got recognized at work for a thing that I did on Wednesday, and I feel yes. really good about it. And now I'm filming a thing next week. You're being rewarded for good work with I'm more good work. I'm being rewarded for good work. Yes. And Congratulations. <laughs> you deserve it. is key, yes. honey. Yes, yes. Um, so yeah, I'm, there's a production thing happening, which is nice. It's exciting. Um, and that's exciting for me. Um, but then, as you were talking about your hike, I was like, that hike I went on yesterday was actually really great. I went to Tamawana Falls okay. in Mount Hood. Um, and it's nice. It's really pretty. Um, it's a big waterfall. If you... Haven't seen a waterfall. Um, they're massive. Like massive. the big ones here in Oregon are. Um, and I don't know. It was just this. It was a rewarding hike. Went on it with a few people. Um, there were a lot of people hiking, which was a bit anxiety like inducing. But once we got there, we just sort of hung out. Because and... everyone's also doing that like mask up, mask down, mask up. Yeah, right yeah, yeah, yeah. And we're like turning our backs to them and stuff like that. <laughs> Um, I'm sure it's fine. I hope it's fine. Whatever. Um, but yeah, that was a really pretty experience. And um, I don't know, like the shape of the waterfall, like cavern thing was just interesting in the way the, the sky sort of came in. Yes. And there was just this moment where I felt really grounded, just like both feet on the ground standing. Mm. And I was just like looking up 
And I don't know, it was just a really magical moment for me. I love that. And I think it's a good reminder, too, because I think when we were trying to appreciate about fall, we were kind of lamenting outside time. And I think it was a good reminder Mm -hmm. that there's going to be plenty of non-rainy days. You just layer up and there's plenty still to do outside. And I needed that reminder as we kick into fall because it's so key to my survival. (laughs) I know. It's going to rain today. It's going to rain today if it isn't already. Okay. Um, homework oh, time. I already gave you a sneak peek of it. Um, we're going to journal and we're going to write down three areas in our lives that we excel in. So um, I'm not talking about three behaviors you excel in. I'm talking about three areas of life. Areas of life to me would be like, I don't know, professional life, um, relationships, friendships, um, family um i don't know maybe there is like sports or like a category like that that is a big part of your life um just think about it like it'll come to you three areas in life that you excel in Mm -hmm. and then you're gonna write down why you excel in those and that's where you sort of get into the breakdown of like a behavior Mm -hmm. so if you're gonna say i'm a really good friend and you, you guys, like, don't, you don't have to be, like, super humble about this. Like, just be real. Like, I'm a good yeah. friend. I know I'm a good friend. Why are you a good friend? Yeah. Because I um, am empathetic and I am a good listener and I uh, am a gift giver. Like, just say that. Like, yep. just say what it is because that's going to sort of get you into a space where you're identifying um you're identifying your strengths yep. and then you're identifying the areas in life where you can put those things first when you're met with challenges. Yeah. So again, I think that's it's about great. These baby steps. Yes. I mean, if you're listening seriously, just grab a scrap piece of paper. It doesn't have to be like a journal that you keep with all your QBT notes. Like yeah. it can just Although be, I really hope that some of y'all do. I know it'd be very cute. Yeah. If you have a QBT journal, send us a pic. I want to talk QBT about QBT journal. Notes? Maybe so. Oh, and we can put our stickers on them. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, but I think that, you know, just take a moment and write these things down. And I think also you can put them up in a mirror or like somewhere you can see them throughout the week. Yeah. To just have a gentle reminder that you fucking rock. You know yeah. what I mean? And then you can build your affirmations from those. I mean, yes. it can go in so many directions. A whole new process. I know. Be sure to follow us on Instagram at QBTPod and Twitter. Um, you can follow Shawnee at Shawnee Boy and me at Maddie Germs. Don't forget to subscribe and share. Thank you to Marquis and Shanti Darling for giving us our intro, outro, and filler music. And big thank you to Allie Kiltz for helping us with editing how's that ginger ale girl it's popping it's popping trying to talk slick all up in my ear and shit <laughs>